So, um, look, before we start, um, I just want to start off in prayer. So I'll just ask everyone on live stream, everyone here, um, we'll just close our eyes and honour God. Lord, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to still be able to share your word in this period of lockdown, Lord, with all these restrictions trying to stop us from spreading your word, from teaching your word, Lord Father God, I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I just ask that um, every person that is listening to this message tonight, Lord, that they would receive it the way that you intend them to receive it, Lord, that their ears will hear the words that you want them, the way you want them to hear it, Lord Father God, and that every word that I speak will be delivered the way that you want it to be spoken, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right. So I wasn't too sure what to expect preaching to an empty church. <laughs> but um, I definitely know that God has something to say. Amen. I believe that the people that need to hear this message are going to receive it. So today I wanted to talk about this lockdown and how everybody's coping. It kind of feels like we're going back to square one, right? All the panic buying is coming in, all these restrictions. The toilet paper aisle is always empty. <laughs> and um, with the recent news that the lockdown's being extended with all these um, police enforcements and stuff is definitely discouraging news as well. Just when things were starting to sort of go back to normal um, or feel a bit more normal, uh, we get told to stay in our homes and refrain from any kind of social activities, right? Now, I know that's, a, that's something that can affect our mental health as well. And um, I know it's definitely been hard for a lot of us. For some of us, we're still able to work and then come home. Others, we get to work from home. Um, and then some of us, our jobs have been put on hold because of lockdown, right? And that's something that can be really hard to cope with. Not being able to work or provide you might not feel like you're being productive. It feels like your days are being wasted, doing nothing, right? A lot of us try and keep occupied doing all these things to take our mind off the whole stressful situation. We try and avoid just being alone with our own thoughts during this isolation period. But that can be something that's really difficult to deal with, right? I know for me personally, I was shattered to hear that the gyms were closing, right? Because the last time the gyms closed, I put on a lot of unwanted kilos and I had to work it all off again. Um, but as someone that enjoys going to the gym, I was like, oh no, all the progress I made is just going to go out the window now, right? If I'm not working hard enough, I'm going to lose all that I work for kind of thing, right? And... Um, some people might be able to relate to that or anything that I've spoken about. But, um, yeah, if you feel like lockdown is really affecting you mentally, then um, I really hope that this message can just encourage you and build your spirit. Because in everything, the Lord always has a plan. Amen. And what may seem like a negative situation, you can still use it for our benefit, right? So I want to look at some biblical examples and see how 
during this lockdown, although the situation seems discouraging, there's also a really good opportunity for us to be strengthened and renewed, right? You see, the generation we live in is the most fast-paced generation to date, okay? As time goes, uh, it seems that people are working more and sleeping less. Statistics show that more and more people are not meeting the whole eight hours of sleep requirement. Um, you see, everything is just so fast-paced and we always try and cram everything into one day. For me, I'd finish work, I'd go to the gym, I might go see some friends after the gym, catch up, fellowship, or grab something to eat. Then by the time I get home, I got a few hours to sleep before work the next day, right? I'm sure some of you can relate to that too. And that's sort of becoming the new normal where we just constantly activities, activities, activities. And um, just trying to do a million things at once, right? Feeling like you can't fit everything into your schedule. And most times it doesn't end well when we finally burn out. It's more damaging to your health to be constantly working like that, right? And living like this day to day was never God's plan for us. And that's why God gives us a specific commandment to rest. God knows how busy our lives can be and how hard it is to work and juggle everything, right? He knows that rest is a necessity. It's needed for us. In order to grow stronger and progress, we still need these periods of rest. And I believe that this is why he specifically made it a commandment to rest. And out of all the Ten Commandments, I feel like this one gets overlooked the most, right? We hear commandments like, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. You know, we, we hear that, we understand the seriousness of those and how bad they are. But when we read Deuteronomy 5 verse 12, this is the third commandment. It says, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. Right? This is one of the commandments from God, to have a day where we do no work. Nothing. But we don't seem to interpret that as such a serious commandment compared to the others. Like I know most of us have a day that we regard as our Sabbath day, right? And I'm not trying to get into any theology theology debates about which day is the right day or anything like that. I'm just trying to say on our Sabbath days, a lot of us are still out doing things, right? Buying things last minute, um, before the week starts, preparing for the upcoming week, doing all these things except the one thing that God commanded, which is just to stop, right? Turn off your body, relax your mind, stop worrying about the week that's coming. Stop wondering about things you forgot to do. Stop worrying about social media or the tasks that you have. 
just relax and recharge. Now this day is a gift to us from God because he knows that resting is a necessary thing for us to function. This is what Jesus says in Mark 2, verse 27. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Okay? We're not made to serve the Sabbath day. It's not like a strict and legalistic practice where we devote ourselves to this like strict practice of serving the Sabbath. But... It's a gift that God gave to us to allow us to be recharged, refreshed, and be functioning at that level, higher level, right? But it can be difficult for people to follow this principle. A lot of the times we forget it completely, right? I'm speaking from my own experience, right? Sometimes I would work all week, okay? And I would have a message to prepare on Sunday. So what do you think I'm doing on Saturday? I'm preparing my message. Then I come on Sunday and I preach. And then the next day is Monday, I'm working again, right? It's, it's just that lifestyle of getting things done, right? And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Constantly having something to do and not really just taking that time or that day for ourselves. Feeling like we have to at least do something productive each day, right? And in today's society, that's how we're encouraged to think. I saw this video of Steve Harvey. I don't know if you guys know who Steve Harvey is. But um, he's up there and he has a talk show, right? He's up there and he's like, rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. That's a third of your life. You're wasting your life, right? He's pushing this narrative that like, if you want to be successful, you need to work hard constantly, sacrifice sleep, okay? Always striving and grinding for better, right? And so many people, they support this. Um, even I, 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 I used to support this, especially during uni finals. Man, those are some of the wildest times. I've been knocking out 30 minute sleep days. <laughs> Three in a row. <laughs> I'll get like an hour and a half sleep for three days. And I was just stuck in that mindset, like, I just got to keep pushing through, you know what I mean? But that's not God's plan for us. And if we look at Exodus chapter 31, verse 15, it says this. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. So, oh, wait, that is serious. <laughs> Check this out. We see how important this is, right? God puts this big emphasis on it. If we look at Numbers 15, we hear of a man who was working. He was gathering sticks on the Sabbath. So they, they found the man, they brought him to Moses, and they, they weren't sure what to do with him, right? Because the man, I don't know if it was just his excuse or what, but apparently he didn't know about the Sabbath day. Anyway, he's out there gathering sticks. They bring him to Moses. And this is what the Lord says to Moses. Then the Lord says to Moses, The man must surely be put to death, or the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. 
I don't know how many of you guys had a Sabbath day and picked up some sticks. <laughs> but if you did that back then, <laughs> sayonara. You know, failing to rest on the Sabbath was such an important rule that it was punishable by death, right? And that's what we see here. In those times, there were only four ways people would receive the death penalty. All right, so if they killed someone, if they committed adultery, if they broke the Sabbath, and if they didn't honor their parents, right? I know some of us might have come close to death after not honoring our parents. Yeah, mom's laughing because she nearly sent me there. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but we can see that there's this level of importance for this commandment, right? When God created the earth, he rested on the seventh as well, right? But listen to this. In Exodus 31 verse 17, it says, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So our God, who is all-powerful, omnipotent, glorious, still rested and through his rest was refreshed? You think God doesn't grow weary? Why would he need rest? Right? Yet, so many of us think we don't need rest. We get caught up thinking like, man, we've got to keep moving. What's the next, what's the next thing? What's the next thing we've got to do? You know what I mean? And... That's something that we can definitely get caught up in and suffer in the long run. Now, this idea of having a Sabbath day, we can see how important it is and why God created it. But I want you to look at things like this, right? What do you think happens when you go a long time without taking any rest? Like a lot of us, right? How do you think your mind and your body function after a long period working nonstop? without rest, or having only a little bit of rest here and there to keep you going. You know those power naps? A lot of people are like, yeah, I love a good power nap. <laughs> but you end up becoming exhausted. You feel like you're losing it, right? You ever just start doing things you wouldn't normally do? You become more clumsy. I know for me, when I'm working and I'm tired, exhausted, the way I'm typing is all over the place. And I'm like, why would I spell something like that? And I'm just like, my brain's not functioning at the normal level it normally would, right? It's because your body needs that time to be refreshed, to recalibrate. We end up killing ourselves, burning out. And in the end, we can end up shaving years off our lives. Sometimes when we keep going the way we're going, God has to step in, right? And the Bible shows how he does this. I'm going to use this example, but I think it's really good. If we look at 2 Chronicles 36, we learn about what happened with the Israelites. They didn't let 
their land rest. Okay. It says this, To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, as, the, as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Okay? Now I'm going to give you a little background story of that. The Israelites were living in this beautiful land, okay? When they escaped from Egypt, this land was called the land of milk and honey. What do you think that means, right? Milk symbolizes cattle. People had food. Honey symbolizes bees. Bees are good for fertilizing or for the, the plants, the crops. The land was flourishing with everything they needed, okay? But they had that rule in place that every seven years they would stop working the land. They would just let the land rest and let it go back to its natural flourishing state. You know, all the crops, they, be, they start growing better. The whole land just flourishes better. And they're able to harvest more food. So when you think of it, it's like a little short-term setback for a, a long-term gain. right? And this was something that the people didn't follow. For 490 years, they continued to work the land and didn't give it any rest. Now, when we calculate it, they were supposed to let it rest every seven years, right? So 490 divided by seven, 70 years. That's how many years the land needed to rest. Another interesting thing to look at is in seven years, there's 364 weeks. So 364 Sabbaths, Sundays or whatever you want to look at it. So it's like the land took all its Sabbaths at once for the year. But the way things were going with the land wasn't too good. So God intervened. After the 490 years of not letting it rest, God removed the Israelites from the land. And he had a purpose. Now, he didn't leave them for dead. But what happened was the kings of Babylon came into Israel and took everyone out, held them captive. The Bible says that um, they set fire and burned down the city of Israel, took them out and held them captive, right? Jeremiah 29 verse 10, God establishes confidence in them during this period. The Lord proclaims, When Babylon's 70 years are up, I will come and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace and not for disaster, to give you a future filled with hope. That's what God told the people when they got taken and held captive in Babylon, right? God was in control the whole time. The Lord placed key individuals where they needed to be in order to control the whole situation. I spoke about this a little while ago, how he used the prophet Daniel to interpret the king's dreams, and he became the, he became the advisor to all the kings that ruled while Israel was held captive in Babylon, right? God was using Daniel and protecting his people the whole time they were there. Now, doesn't that kind of sound like the situation we're in, right? The Israelites were held captive against their will. I'm sure it didn't look too good, right? 
in a, in, a, in, a, in a similar sense, we're being held captive in our own homes. But God had a bigger plan in the background back then, right? And he had control of the whole situation with Daniel advising the kings. And I believe he has control of this situation. And he will protect his people like he did back then, okay? Just like the scripture says, his plans are for good, for our own good, right? I'm not trying to say that God created COVID so that the world can stop going the way it's going, but I do believe that in this, there is an opportunity for us to step into that much-needed rest. And if we understand this and take this time to rest in him, I believe we're going to see some serious growth and some amazing things starting to happen. You see, last year our church went on lockdown and we saw our church pretty much double in size, right? So many new faces, not, yet, not only in the building, even on live stream, we had so many new people joining this family. And, you know, we're still reaping those benefits of our church being faithful during that time. Sometimes what we need most in order to get stronger is just to rest. This is something that I've experienced firsthand, okay? Now, earlier I mentioned that I was like a bit discouraged to learn that the gyms were closing, right? So I was afraid that all my progress was going to go out the window. Before lockdown, I was going pretty consistently, right? And um, I had this goal in mind. The goal was that I wanted to lift 140 kilos on the bench press. And I had been trying to do this for months, okay? Now, the bench press is basically where you lay on your back, and you lift the weight up, and then you, like, bring it down and push it all the way back up, okay? I'm sure some of you have seen it before. But, yeah, that was the goal. I wanted to lift 140. So... Before lockdown, I was going to the gym most nights and um, I would try and lift it here and there, here and there, and it just wouldn't budge. Every time I tried, I was like, oh, look, we'll give it another try. I'll do it. No, nothing. You know, it was just too heavy. I just wasn't strong enough to lift it. So when I heard the gyms were closing, I was like, oh, well, there goes that. Looks like it looks like that's not going to happen. Probably have to start back from, you know, lower weight. And, you know, I was forced to take that time off from the gym. Then one day my friend messages me. He's like, hey, bro, I think I got a place for us to train. Like in the lockdown. One of his family friends had a gym. And they, they had a bench press there. So I was like, oh you know what, mate, we'll see how we're looking. So I went there, and they had these old-school metal weights, like the old-school Arnold Schwarzenegger days, right? So these things, I don't know what it is, they just felt heavier, heavier than usual. So after a couple of warm-up sets, I was like, ooh, it's not looking too good, man. Anyways, I ended up warming up, and I was like, ah, oh, we'll give it a crack. I'll put on the 140. See if I'll get it. I didn't expect to get it, to be honest. I got the weight, lifted it up, bring it down, and then I was just pushing it. It just kept going all the way up. 
And I, I looked at him, he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I never lifted that much weight before. It was the first time. After months of consistently trying to lift it and failing, the one time I took a good rest, took some time off, I ended up finally getting that weight up, right? I came back stronger. I was able to lift more. If I didn't rest and I kept going the way I was going, my body probably would have had a negative response. You know what I mean? I would have put myself at risk of injury. I would have put myself at, in risk of just going backwards instead of moving forwards, right? But through this experience, we can see that sometimes the thing we need to do most in order to get stronger is to rest. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says this, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. To reach new levels of strength, we need to just stop, rest, and wait on the Lord. And this example, even though it's about physical strength, can be applied to our spiritual walk as well, right? It can feel like we're constantly battling, fighting in the spiritual, and not getting any rest. You know, putting out fires here. <laughs> you know, trying to control everything. But that can have an impact on us as well, right? And just like God needed to give the land 70 years in order for it to be like re restored, refreshed, to go back to its flourishing state. You know, us being put in lockdown from all those days, all those weeks of not resting, you know, this is where we have a chance to take this opportunity to just catch up on all those days where we just didn't stop. You know, I want to touch on this idea that resting is one of the most effective ways for us to build strength. If we look at the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, we learn about Elijah and the rest that the Lord prescribed for him. Okay? I feel like we've talked a fair bit about Elijah in this church, right? Elijah was one of the most powerful prophets of the Old Testament. He himself, one man, went up against 450 priests or prophets of Baal. Of Baal. The people worshipped Baal as their god and did satanic things like they sacrificed babies to this idol. Now Elijah stood against all of them on Mount Carmel. You know the story. They had a competition to see who, whose God was the one true God, right? And through Elijah's faithfulness and obedience, God used Elijah to prove that he was the one true God. And all the priests of Baal stood, that stood against God, they all got killed. So from 1 Kings, this was that, all of that was in 1 Kings chapter 18. And from that we get the idea that Elijah's strength as a servant in God was really powerful, right? To fight against hundreds of priests 
in this spiritual battle against this satanic entity that Baal represented, right? Yet we look in the next chapter, in chapter 19, we see a shift in Elijah's character. When the king's wife, Jezebel, learns about Elijah's victory, she sends him a messenger. In verse 2 it says, Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So she intended to make his life like one of the priests that were killed, right? After hearing this news that they were after his life, Elijah just fled, ran away. In verse 3 it says he ran for his life, right? We see how he goes from being a fierce, fearless warrior of God to becoming filled with fear and despair. In verse 4 it says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die, and said, It is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. All the fighting against Baal and running away, it just led him to the end of himself. And God knew what he needed. He needed to stop everything and just rest. Verse 5, it goes on. Then as he lay and slept under the boom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked by, looked there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate it and drank. And he laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, Arise and eat. Because the journey is too great for you. You see, he required rest in order to be prepared for the journey that was coming. He required rest in order to fight an even greater battle. So there he went on a so from there he went on a forty day journey to the mountain of Horeb. In verse 9 it says, And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Through this experience, God began to reveal to Elijah how powerful he was. God showed Elijah that he doesn't only perform spectacular things like earthquakes and fires, but also small things, right? He revealed himself to Elijah with this still, small voice. And Elijah just snapped and came to this realization that God can do anything, right? He shifted back to the obedient servant and prepared to do any work of the Lord's voice that the Lord's voice instructed him to do. You see... In this case, Elijah needed to sleep and rest in order to wake up to himself, right? In order to realize who God was, he just needed to detach, stop all of that, all the worrying and 
God revealed himself. Elijah went on to anoint Elisha as his successor. You see, Elijah was doing so much work spiritually, fighting against this evil force. Eventually he became overwhelmed and God knew what he needed. God knows we need to rest in order to prepare for bigger battles and gain strength. During the previous lockdown, we saw our church you know, get a lot bigger and come together. And we have this period now to rest and prepare for the battles that are coming, right? Of us as a church there, and the way that the world is going with darkness flowing in, right? As a church, we need to be prepared for the battles that we're going to face. And during this time of lockdown, I believe that what we need to do is just seek the Lord, to wait on the Lord, to be renewed and restored. You know, we're the ones that are going to fight the good fight. And similar to Elijah before his long journey and his battle with Jezebel and Ahab, we can utilize this time to rest and be with the Lord, to recharge and be refreshed. Sometimes we're stuck doing everything we can. We're working hard all the time and our schedules are packed out. Most people work five to six days a week and the weekend is the only time that we can do stuff, right? We need to go out and buy things. Most of us are just moving so fast and we haven't had the time to just take a whole day of doing nothing. Before this lockdown, the idea of just doing nothing seemed like a myth. Always had some kind of task to complete. But now we're given this time to prepare ourselves for the battles that are coming our way. To allow the Lord to strengthen us and become stronger than we ever have before. I know that this time, it can be discouraging for us. It can take a toll on us. We can become anxious and overwhelmed just like Elijah. You know, we get unsure of the future. But the Lord's plans are always for good. And his protection is far greater than this pandemic, right? So as we move forward, and God's removed all these things from us, Let's just try and focus on him, to trust in him, to trust his plans that are there for us, for our own good, right? So I just want to close in prayer. And um, yeah, I just hope that um, this message is able to reach someone He's feeling like this lockdown is, is tough. But in these seasons, you know, God gives us this opportunity. There's always an opportunity. So I just ask everyone just to close their eyes. I'm just going to pray as the worship team gets ready. Lord, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your plans and 
your intentions for this time, Lord Father God. I just ask that for everybody watching, whatever difficulties they're facing, Lord, I just pray that you would protect their hearts, Lord, protect their minds from any thoughts, any negativity. Lord, I just pray that you would reassure them, Lord Father God, that you're in control of the whole situation. I just pray that you would touch them, Lord Father God, and let them know, Lord Father God, that your plans are far greater than our circumstances. I thank you for your strength, for the power that renews us, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.